Okay, we are in Sefer Yirmiyahu, Perik Yud Beis, Pasuk Aleph, Sadik Atah Hashem Kiariv Elecha. And in this Perik, Yirmiyahu is going to pose a question that has defied explanation for thousands of years among our best Rabbanim, Chazal, Moshe Rabbeinu deals with it, the Rambam deals with it, Eo deals with it, with no real satisfactory answer. And that is the overwhelming question of Tzadik Baralo, Russia Vitovlo. Why does it seem that the righteous people are the most uh, often suffering uh, in their righteousness, while the wicked people go on living a tranquil, even prosperous existence. And so, if it is defied all these theologians for all these thousands of years, I don't think we're going to be able to answer it in a 15-minute cheer. But he does pose the question. And so he starts by being very deferential in Pasuk Aleph. Says Yirmiyahu, I don't question that you are a tzaddik, that you rule the world justly. Rather, on a question of justice. I don't question justice, but there's a question I would love to pose to you. Um, Rashi says, by the way, <coughs> that he's referring to two specific events in uh, why the Russia seems to prosper. And one is um, in other words, why Nebuchadnezzar specifically? Why is Nebuchadnezzar taking over the world? Why is he going to destroy the temple? He is in absolute Russia. Moreover, Rashi says we're referring to that incident we learned in the last parrot where the Kaddish Baruch revealed to Yermio a conspiracy among his own people in Anatot. Remember, Anatot was the city of Kohanim. Yermio was a Kohen by birth. His father was Chilkiyo, the Kohen Gado, and yet they were going to poison him. They were just not even going to assassinate him in public. Since they were going to deprive him of a martyr's death, he was going to die by slow poisoning. And he wants to know what they, why are they still around? Why are they getting away with it? The Malvin makes the point, um, and continues, let's posit the question first. Why does the way of the Russia seem to prosper, Shalom called Bogate Beged, and all the uh, treachery, the hypocrisy of the Russia um, salsa. There, there is happiness, this tranquility. Um, why? Moreover, uh, the Malbin makes the point that Yermio is not even questioning the tzaddik. We don't know enough about the qualitative, quantitative. Um, characteristics of the tzaddik. Kaddish Baruch Hu knows that. We know the Russia. 
We're seeing the Russia with our very own eyes. So he says, Natatem Gamsha Russia. It's like you have planted his roots in the vineyard. Yehu Gamoso Peri. He gives off fruit. He has children. He has generations. Karova Tabafihem. You are close to them in their mouth. In other words, they pay you lip service. They mention the Kaddish Baruch They swear allegiance. But you are so far away from them, from their thoughts, uh, from their actions. So that, why? One of the things, it's a, it's a fascinating Gemara we ought to discuss, because it's, it's very long, and I got it to, in Sanhedrin, Samach uh, that one of the reasons we do say um, that the Russia seems to prosper is that the Kaddish Baruch Hu wants to give him his reward now for any good that he may do. Give him his reward now and not in the Olam HaMS. So the story is told that Nebuchadnezzar, before he became king, his father, Evil Merodach, was king of Bavel. He was the scribe, the official scribe of Bavel. And Evel Merodach, remember when Sikiyahu uh, recovers, I am sorry, Hizkiyahu recovers from his terrible illness, he wants to send him a congratulatory letter. And so Nebuchadnezzar was not there that day, the Agadatah tells us as a scribe, and so he inscribes to Hizkiyahu, um, king of uh, Judea, master of Israel, um, servant of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. and he dispatches it. And Nebuchadnezzar comes back and says, well, what did you write? And they tell him in that, and he says, you wrote it in that order? You put the shame Hashem third? You can't do that. Immediately, Nebuchadnezzar goes to race after the messenger to retrieve that message and correct it. The angel Gabriel intercepts him after three or four steps and stops him from doing that. The Gemara tells us that just for taking those three steps to sanctify the name of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, this Russia gets to be the king of Babylon and destroy the temple. Moreover, says Sanhedrin, if he failed to catch up, in other words, if he went and actually caught up with the messenger and was able to change the message, says the Gemara, Lo hoya takana l'shonehem shal Yisrael, l'shonehem shal Yisrael, that there would be no end to Nebuchadnezzar's reign. He would have reigned permanently. He would have preempted everything. He would have taken over the whole world, just that they were able to stop him. But the fact that he was able to do this single act of Piety gets him the ability to destroy Yerushalayim. That's what we mean when we say that the Russia gets his reward immediately. But the destruction of, uh, of the Beit HaMikdash, what the, what the Navi and the Navim have told us is caused by Israel, not caused... Nebuchadnezzar at best is an instrument. Right. I mean, it's not because of anything he did, it's because of what Israel has done. No question. No question, but uh, that allowed or gave him the ability why he was selected, why he was selected king of Bavel, because of this one act of piety. There's no question 
Bavel was an instrumentality of the Kaddish We're going to come to that. So now it says, Yirmiyot continuing his plea, Ba'ata Hashem Yidatani, God, you know me, Tirani, you see through me, Ubachantali be, you will search my heart. Why aren't these people who have done these terrible things led to slaughter like sheep? Prepare them for death. Hatisham could also mean sanctify. But the Mephoshim was saying, by killing them, you will sanctify your name. Why? Why are they allowed to not only prosper and survive, but have generations of children. Continues the Navi, and some say Pasuk Dalad is the answer, or partial answer. Some say it's not. Some say it's half and half. So Pasuk Dalad says, How long will the Aretz, the land of Israel, mourn the Esav Kol and the grass wither, the vegetation die from those who live on it. In other words, the Kaddish Baruch is saying, it's not me, it's the sinners of Israel that have caused this. And now, the answer is, animals will die, vegetation, birds, because the people says, the Kaddish Baruch doesn't see us, he doesn't pay attention to us. We're invisible to him. They sin like that. So the sin is yours. It's not a punishment of tzaddikim, that it is you who did it. In reality, the Rambam says, we don't know the answer to that question, tzaddik v'ralo, Russia v'tolo. We do know that there is an answer. We are incapable. Man is incapable of grasping the, the finite answers to that question, and so we still persist and, with Billy, that question. Billy, if you, uh, if you must, as you must, believe Hashem is eternal, then every human being's life is, is just a dot, right? So you could say, right, that in that little time that you have, how much do you actually see? or understand, right? Excellent point. Next sentence or two. Ki esraglayim ratzta. This is it. Ki esraglayim ratzta. You, Yermiyahu, the Kaddish Baruch Hu said, you can't run, vayaluch, you fatigue. You can't run with ordinary footmen without being fatigued. How are you going to run with horses? Meaning you don't grasp the most insignificant thing, you don't understand it. So how are you going to run with horses? You, you yourself, in your own land, in your own city, were tricked by your own people. Who are going to kill you if I hadn't told you? They would have killed you. If you can't master the subtleties of reward and punishment in your own hometown, how are you going to master on the hills of the Yardin in Judea and Israel? You can't. Your brothers, your brethren in Anatot, your hometown, your landsmen, 
Gam hema bagdubach. They have treachery you and you never realized it. You never saw it. Gam hema karuach harecha. They called after you mole. Mole could mean actually filled, that they praised you and you fell for it. Or it could mean lashan sagi nohar, the opposite. You're empty. Al taminbam. Don't listen to them. Because they will speak to you flattery, falsity, and you're not even going to understand it. So what he's saying, you can't grasp the everyday details of what's going on in your own hometown. Do you think you have a cosmic view or the cosmic right to ask the question of Tzadik Baralo, Russia Ratovo? Azavti Esbesi, I have left my house, referring, of course, to the base Midbar. Natashti Esnachlasi, I have uprooted my Nachla. Nasati Esyedidus Nachshi, I have given the beloved of my soul, Bekafa in the hands of my enemies. Three steps here. I didn't say the Mavarshim, it corresponds, and remember, Nebuchadnezzar comes back in three phases to destroy Israel, and that's what the Kaddish Baruch Hu says. He has done it in phases. Haisali Nachlasik Arye Bayar. My Nachla was a lion in the forest. Interesting metaphor that I took Israel out, they were a, a, a primitive lion roaring, and I made them something respectable. And that they defied me anyway. We learn them, unfortunately, say once a lion, no matter how well trained, goes back into his native primeval forest, becomes savage again. And that's what you did. You raised your voice to me. Therefore, I hated you. I sobuach the um, peacock or a bird, is a bloody red. And so therefore, the enemy say, it's ripe to be preyed on, it's ripe to destroy, to vulturize. So that therefore, that's what I'm doing to you. I'm telling the nations, when Nebuchadnezzar is going to tell the nations, Go, join me. We can destroy and despoil this bird of plumage stained with red blood. Rawim Rabim Shichasu Karmi. Many um, shepherds tended my vineyard, Besofo Eschokasi, Nasnu Eschokas, Kandasi, Lamid Basharmeima. I gave it through my anger. Um, it be yielded nothing, no matter how many shepherds, no matter how much vegetation. I have made desolate, empty, uh, mourning the entire nation. Because there is no one there paying attention. No one who is doing tshuva. No one who is coming back to me. It will all be destroyed. I'll call Shafim Bamidbar Baosho Dedim. Everyone is despoiling. They are all coming from the desert, making it totally desolate with their swords, eating the land from one end to the other. So there is no peace for anyone. Then continues another an interesting metaphor. Zaruchitim. You have sowed wheat, but you have reaped Thorns. In other words, they ate without relief. Lo yo ilu. 
they, whatever they plan, whatever they try, will not yield anything. And so why and in the end, they will be humiliated over their produce because it is totally ineffective. It has been totally destroyed by Hashem with his anger. So they too are embarrassed that whatever they've done in terms of planting is a busha because of the Kaddish Baruch's anger. Very interesting. Now the Kaddish Baruch turns to your evil neighbors. Um, as Rashi delineates them, it's Ammon and Moab, all the nations that have persecuted. This is what I say to your evil neighbors. Uh, who have usurped the land which I have bequeathed you as Ami, as Yisrael, he named it Toshim Eyalat Muslim. I am going to uproot them, those nations. I will uproot them, and through that, I will uproot you from their midst, uh, Judah. In other words, you will go into exile, but you will be relieved from them, and they will go into exile for the sins that they have committed uh, to you. Finally, the Navi says, <clears throat> in a word of hope, and after I have uprooted those, these nations from you, I will return, assuming they have done the appropriate shuva, and return each man to his nachla, each man to his land. And if these nations have learned my way, to swear in my name, to pleasure in what does this mean? Does it mean, as some have said, conversion? That yes, the whole world is going to convert to Judaism, but some say no, they will adopt the principles of the religion and follow B'nai Israel and be at peace, then I will restore them to their rightful land. Would, would this cover a Christian being a good Christian or a Muslim being a good Muslim? Interestingly, there are some that are beyond, the Mephoshim say that are beyond, like Ammon and Moab are described as beyond redemption. Interestingly, the Ishmaelim, the Arabs, are not considered beyond redemption. And no, they could, but if they follow the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach, those seven Noachite commandments, yes. Well, that's I, incorporated in, in the Christianity. Yes, yeah. I will take them back. So each nation will go back to his own land. And finally, uh, however, downside, if they do not listen, I will destroy that particular nation, I will destroy them, I will cause them to be non-existent, Thus says the Kaddish Baruch Hu. So we have not answered our overwhelming question. Tomorrow we will come back to the concept of Nechama, of consolation and tshuva. Ad Khan.